with a traditional Catholic, but also think confronting in the discussion time. So do both, try and do uh, a couple of minutes of both if someone in the, the group wants to ch take charge and go, oh, I think we need to now think about confronting. And then we'll feed back, but I'll just take connecting immediate first and then confront and we'll... Does that make sense? So traditional Catholic, anything you want to say about that? You're probably all aware from that. Attend Mass weekly and, and all the things that we did, so go.
Mando. I was just discussing that Mary in particular, because she's such a big part of the Roman Catholic Church, and I was a part of myself for a long time, but didn't know the Mary of the Bible. Mm -hmm. So the Mary that they really would know is just really in the last century, but the doctrines that related to who Mary actually, that they think she was. But we know from the scriptures that she loved the word of God, and that she wasn't a Catholic, she was a Jewish girl, and she believed in God. And there's so many beautiful things about her prayers and everything. Yeah. When I talk to them, this is what I try, where I try to go. I missed out on the beauty of who Mary really was as a believer. And, uh, I, you know, because I'd heard about things that weren't right according to God's word. So that was a great revelation. And Anne brought up the you know, Mary was a sinner like us who needed yeah. a savior, and that's what she declared in the magnificent that you know she said she rejoiced in God her Savior. Yeah. And that's kind of hard for for them sometimes to accept. Yeah. Well it's his truth. Mm -hmm. And we have to trust that God's word can speak. Yeah. It's yeah. his word speaking, not ours. Yeah. So, yeah. In, in just a lovely way, yeah. I actually love Mary because what they will say to you is, Oh, you don't believe in that. Yeah. 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 Yes, we do. Yeah. We believe everything yeah. she said. You know, so that's just on that. Like, yeah. Okay. I, I think it's a real shame that in, in the Irish Evangelical Church, because Mary is such an idol, we I feel like we, we underappreciate Mary and the significance of how the Lord used her. You know, she's she was the person the Lord used to, to be the mother of, yeah. of Jesus, you know, and I, I think that it's a really great point. Like it's a great connection point we can make. Good. Any other connection points? I don't think um, people realise, where as a former Catholic myself, that um, my relationship would have been with Mary, personal relationship with Mary, rather than with uh, Jesus. Um, we, yeah, Jesus died on the cross. We knew that, but he died for the world. He didn't die for me. And um, if you needed anything, you don't go to Jesus. You don't deny it or things like that. You go to Mary, and every son will listen to his mother. You should just know my sons. And that's who you go to. So the relationship would be with Mary rather than Jesus. And as you were saying down there, you know, when I became a Christian, Mary was was thrown out. I didn't want to know about her until the guy that led me to the Lord came and spoke in the church that I had started to go to, and he preached a whole sermon on Mary, and Mary became real again. There's lots of connection points you could say that belief in God, they, they kind of they do want a relationship with God. Uh, need to be clear in that. There's similar morals. I don't know of any of the referendums. You ended up connecting with the traditional Catholics if you were out in the streets helping with the, the referendums. So you've got you know, ethical matters that we can connect with. Uh, Dan Strange has a, a thing called norm is one of his magnetic points that we all have a standard, a norm, uh, a moral. And, and, that's, and that's with the traditional Catholic. We share a lot of those same ethical morals. And then, but then you have to ask, where does it come from? Yeah. <laughs> uh, what, uh, you know, there's a, there's a number. I, I, one of the things one of the guys who have been discussing with a real traditional Catholic that is really, they're, they're worried about the next generation. They're worried about the younger generation and none of them are going to the Catholic Church. And that really, I said, how's that going to happen? So going, are they going to go back to the Catholic Church? You can see all the young people in our church. Why? And, and there's different ways. Social work, you know, yes, Or right? even at our holiday Bible club, the parents are just blown away by seeing teenagers uh, come up through the church and either investigating the Bible, like reading it for themselves, and wanting to follow and live and serve Jesus. And at our holiday Bible club, we've seen more and more parents hanging around and how God uses young people and that connection point of wanting to see the younger generation. Another great connection point is, you know, God calls us to love the poor, to love the orphan, to love the oppressed, to love the refugee. And for the past few years, we've sung outside the local little, and people, that's, that's a connection point. They're like, wow, this church is, they're not the best singers altogether. <laughs> they're, they're trying to do this. Um, who are they? Oh, and that's 
Instagram is great and they kind of connect in that way as well, looking up who they are, who we are as a church. Um, but but how, how do we confront? We've already seen we have to take them to the Gospels. Uh, yeah. you know, the, actually, the Gospels, I think, are the best connecting Bible point with them because they're familiar with the Gospels. <laughs> they haven't a clue about the Old Testament uh, is the reality. Uh, or so my auntie did a Bible overview with Jeff and for years she wanted to come to her carol service but again she was wrestling with the whole identity of being a Catholic so it took her a few years and then it took her five years of coming to a carol service and on year five she rushed up to me and stuffed a piece of paper into my hand and it was her name to go to the Bible studies. Mm. And as she did Mark's Gospel and then the Bible overview, it was the point of the tabernacle that she just was absolutely blown away how it pointed to the great high priest Jesus. And then Jeff was so helpful because he let the Bible do the work of the, of the confronting of like, why do we have priests in the church and she was seeing the truth from scripture. Uh, that's actually, you know, maybe we're moving into confronting and maybe if you've got anything else to share. Uh, on, on, but ultimately, we, I would say because of a respect for the Bible, it's just getting them into it and letting the, the Bible point them to Jesus, grace, the cross, Hebrews, Old Testament. I mean, any, any, any feedback on how you confront, bring the gospel truth? Yeah? Uh, so I, I was from Catholic background, my dad's a, a traditional Catholic, and the confrontation which I found worked best with him was about on assurance. Yep. So he talked about, my mother died talking about where would he, where would he go and why did he think he got, and it, it, it kind of boiled down to, um, well I think I've been a good person mm -hmm. and you know I'm trying, I'm trying to follow the, you know, well, I'm trying to be a good person basically. So in the end there was no assurance, no. actually. I just, I just kind of hope, I'm kind of, yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that uh, it would have been enough. Yeah. So lack of assurance for me personally it was grace. Yeah. And, was, and that was just from the Bible when I discovered grace. Yeah. yeah. Assurance to have assurance is a sin actually in the case sin of presumption. Mm -hmm. So it is a big uh, sticking point. Uh, and they, they know that I remember doing the, and, and discussions with them. I remember a guy Dennis and Pauline, and after we were going through the, the tabernacle as well and the price. Christ and fulfill, pointing to him as sitting down at the right hand and we know anybody intercede for us, he says, I'm going to have to speak to my priest about this. Because <laughs> you're just seeing it from the Bible. Uh, so, you know, there's a lot, I, I, we, there's great opportunities. We're probably, we have probably had more interaction with actually with traditional Catholics who've been open to studying the Bible than we have with lots of others. But then whether they'll be willing to reject and come to the true uh, salvation by grace through faith alone. By the way, I have a book recommended at the end by Chirico, same words, different words, uh, on Roman Catholicism. We, we have to be clear, maybe a lot of us are clear here, lots of Roman Catholics use the same words that we use, but it's, they, have, they have a different meaning. Their grace does not mean what we mean. Their grace comes through the sacraments, is infused to us, and, and we might not necessarily realize that. So it's just, we have to be clear on that. So there will be confrontation. Mm -hmm. Jeff, can I say? Yeah. Well, I am in a talking group with three people who come from a Catholic background who don't want to speak. So I'm speaking. So, but each of them, even intentionally or unintentionally, kind of value the relationship that they have with each person they're talking to and even with the person you were talking about confronting. We knew him a long time, did a lot of Bible study before you thought, okay, I need to actually now challenge him. And so, because, you know, if you read Seeking uh, Finding Jesus, it's okay to confront a Muslim baby quicker, but in our culture here, you might have to build up a relationship of trust, present the truth, and then confront to not just scare somebody away from hearing the gospel altogether. No, you know, each person can be different. But that's what we were seeming to say. We'll move on to nominal Catholics. Did I just ask a question? Yeah. Just if you were to, say, read the Bible one-to-one -one with a, a Catholic, would you have a recommendation of what book of the Bible you would pick to do that? I'd start with one of the gospels, because they're familiar with the stories, but they don't know the meanings. And you'll come across, in fact, it's actually unusual passages that really hit them 
that is different than say in England. When you come to Mark, if you go through Mark, shortest one, come to Mark chapter six, verses one to three, and it talks about Mary's brothers and sisters. They're like, what? And that just goes against Catholic teaching, and then it starts to think, am I going to submit to Scripture, or am I going to submit to that? And then you go to Mark 7, and you've got the debate with the Pharisees, am I going to hold to the traditions of men, or am I going to hold to this? And some of those passages are the ones that nail them more than the traditional, you know, uh, cross passages, the Son of Man came and seeking to see. No, it's, a, it's challenging. Um, am I going to hold to Scripture that says Mary had... Uh, children, sorry, uh, uh, Jesus' brothers and sisters, uh, um, you know, things like that. Oh, what am I going to hold to? What God says or what? But they'll, you know, this is where you have to, what they say God says includes scripture and tradition. It's counted as their word of God. So that's why they say if we believe the word of God, they include the teachings of the, the, the Pope and stuff. And so that's where you have to flesh that out sometimes, you, you know, the night sound as if we hold the scripture. But yeah, start with the Gospels. But then it has been really good to see how the Old Testament all points to Jesus and, and, and the sacrificial system, and it's all there throughout. And that's where some people have come to faith in our church. Is actually, it's taken studies over time, the Gospels, but then they see how it all, and that's a great apologetic in itself. Uh, as I said, some of the Old Testament passages have been the key ones. Point. Can I just add in relation to getting somebody to put in the Bible with you. There's no better recommendation than Christianity Explored. And anybody can do Christianity Explored with anybody else. You don't need your pastor to run a group. Yeah, yeah that's true. There is good resources. And it, the advantage of it is it's, I would really encourage them to do the reading themselves in between and let then those Mark 6, Mark 7 passages that aren't addressed. You might decide to change. I change it up. Let's look at this this week uh, that are more going to confront them maybe after the course. Yeah, I think we'll move on to nominal Catholic. Um, we looked really quickly uh, yesterday at how mostly they identify name only, uh, but they're very much linked to all the traditions. So maybe we're going to take two minutes in your groups to discuss um, what are the connecting points and the confronting points. Okay, two minutes. Thank you. 
the nominal Catholic we're at. Do any groups want to feedback on how you connect to nominal Catholics? Yep. We just were talking about how We're talking even about going to them. I think it's all right to go to their communion parties afterwards. Their their other things. Yeah, if they were, they're going to want them to come to our church. I'm not saying you don't go and partake in their mass or anything like that, but you can still go to them, chat to them. Yeah, good. Any other connection? Just on, on the opposite way of that, uh, so you were saying about for their baptism, so for my baptism, I was telling my friends about it, and immediately, because they would be more, not more, maybe even agnostic, it depends mm -hmm. on their, like, you know, the time of year is both. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they, uh, they, they asked me, could they come to the baptism, you know, and that was because it was important to me, so it was important to them, whereas if I said it to my family, like, cousins, relatives, that were, Traditional Catholic was like, no, you're all right, thanks. Yeah, I know that about you now. That's a good thing to know. Mm -hmm. like, you know, <laughs> so you know, so then, then, uh, I think it, it's much easier that way. And then you can confront because they don't feel like they are being personally attacked because it's it is more tradition than a core yeah. Yeah. value. Yeah. yeah, I find that um, oftentimes conversation about work with normal Christians or normal Catholics, it's to do with sacraments because they're aware of them but they don't understand them so when they hear something different like i'm like oh we had a baptism in my church and they like don't people in the paddling and they're like what <laughs> like it's and then they ask questions because they they know about baptism but we only baptize babies but you baptize adults and why does that happen so it does start conversations because of the awareness but the lack of understanding yeah we we had um She's a young woman now, uh, Jade, get baptised and her friends came and I could just see the look of their faces. They were like, what is this? And from the love of the church family that they saw and the welcome that they got, they start asking more questions and one or two of them came back a few weeks later to church service. Yeah. Any other connecting points with the normal Catholic? I think you're, yeah. yeah. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. When you are speaking about a, a nominal Catholic person, where do you move from that traditional to nominal? Where, where do you start to get those different boxes? Is that to do, like you see in your experience, with an age demographic? Is it a social kind of demographic? What, what? Yeah, I mean... How, how do you take those particular boxes? Well, it's sort of what we were saying. Nominal Catholic only go to mass every so often and just go through the rituals. And so, you know, it doesn't mean anything to them. They don't know why they're doing it. They don't believe what they're doing any of the rituals, the communions, that, you know, they don't believe it, but they're just doing it for the party. And so, but then there's, there are others that really, this, this is important. So and mainly in ages, there is a generational thing, yeah, my age are, you know, more nominal Catholics who, but, but 70-80% of the, the folks in our school all do the communions, the, you know, and that's still a bit, so there's a lot of nominal Catholics around there's still more roman catholic those loads who identify as roman catholic but then their parents will say that's a shame they don't mean it yeah. uh, and, and they're worried that then the next generation but that that generation aren't worried that their kids aren't going to mass mm -hmm. yeah, they, yeah. but the older generation that's a connecting point yeah, yeah. Um, something that we've seen in the north mm -hmm. is that young people have disillusioned with the church or and you will find that some of those young people are starting to embrace Islam yeah. because it's, yeah. it's given them a very um, rigid lifestyle. Yeah. I mean, do you see a danger of that? I'm sorry. 
Oh, yeah. Well, people are certain, this is the connecting points, people are searching for purpose and meaning, and if they're flagging away anywhere, sometimes they will latch on to anything, or actually some of them are actually loving the idol of relationship, and it might be a Muslim man, or uh, I've just got a hold of a Muslim woman, and they're married, and there's things it, like this, that. That's our, the most likely person to convert to Islam is it's female, which you think is shocking, but if you look at her casual sexual culture of hookups, and um, they're longing to belong somewhere and Islam answers that call. Like my cousin converted to Islam and we were all shocked. She dropped out of college, but it was belonging to a community. Um, Which we yeah. see as a monster, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry, I keep talking. Can I say one thing about community? We, um, our kids go to a Catholic school primary and we live in that community. And I, I personally, I know people might have difficulties, I can't understate the importance, I think, of our kids don't make a communion, but they go to the communion and they give out an action Bible to the boys or a Jesus story, but it's the one time you can give a Bible without it being weird. Mm -hmm. And one time, one of those kids brought it into class to show how cool the action Bible was, <laughs> which I think is actually, a, it's a very theologically sound book as well. Um, so I just think if you have Catholic friends, that communion is something socially and emotionally important to them. And often in the last few days, do you do communion and get to explain what we believe. It's the only time they've ever asked me. So I just think that's really important and not a thing to miss culturally. Yeah. And also read understand Catholic doctrine on the Mass and stuff so you can then articulate the differences because they don't understand it. It's, and and most, of the, most of the normal Catholics don't even believe anything happens to the bread or the wine. You know, it's, it's real. <coughs> um, what I've noticed at least in my daily life. Um, so it was, I, I'm sorry if I'm going to offend if I use this term now, but it was a nominal Catholic who taught the term. But they call themselves Champagne Catholics because um, they only show up when they're Champagne. <laughs> <laughs> Sharing your life with them, with your colleagues, just living your life, and on Fridays, what are you doing on the weekend? Oh no, we're at the church, church on Sunday, and then we're doing lunch afterwards, and we might have a picnic on Saturday, and we'll see, but it's all going to be a bunch of church people. And the nominal Catholics think that's very odd. Because <laughs> why do you spend so much time with these people from church? How are they your friends? But um, it definitely opens the door for questions on that type of stuff. Uh, we're going to see the church community family, which has been emphasized in the main sessions, is actually going to be a key tool. Uh, and, and, you know, it's, it's long-term relationships. It's maybe when they're in a crisis because they're just getting on the life, that then they might come to you and things like that. We'll move on. So our second biggest growing from yesterday uh, was people who take the no-religion box. Um, and we're going to have a look at our first group, um, anti-religion. Um, and we're not going to discuss this one, we'll just briefly think about the connecting points. And I think the biggest thing for this group, um, who want nothing to do with anything, to do with church or God, um, sympathise with them if they've experienced hurt. You know, Gary flagged it up on our very first session, how good are we at listening? Are we listening to people? Are we listening just so we can speak? People really know if you're, if you're really listening to them and really care. Um, I also to say that, that God is loving and people aren't and how amazing that our God is a God of justice um, and abuse is wrong um, in, in the Gospels Jesus is most harsh with the religious leaders isn't he um, and it's a relationship with Jesus and not religion uh, just building on what Caroline said about when you have that relationship with someone then you can gently confront um, but I really emphasise having that relationship with someone, especially before I confronted this group. You know, gently challenge, you know, the, the God that you were taught about. Is that the God of the Bible? And would you investigate, would point, point to, to God that's in Scripture? Um, I've had quite a few people in my family who've experienced this hurt, and a great way to kind of confront them is to say, you know, forget about the church hurt. What about God? Who is Jesus? Get them, get them to Jesus, you know? And have you read the Bible for yourself? Um, yeah, will we move on to Yeah, I think we will, so we have plenty of time to discuss. So we're in the now the, the growing group in Ireland that are 
forgotten, not traditional, they're, they're part of anti, but they're, they're into everything. We described it as a pick and mix religion uh, that will try anything. Crystals, other things, agnostics, they're into anything. And it's, it's hard, they're, they're, they're far behind. Can you think, when you think of the idols that they're living for and what they're at, you, you know, they're into New Age beliefs, they're into everything, and a little bit of religion, Catholicism if they want, what in your groups think of connecting points with them and also confronting points? So, the pick and mix religion. Okay. Traditional background of Catholic, Mammy went to traditional 
long period of withdrawal because of her health, um, and she, uh, she uh, engaged a lot in angel healing and contemporary healing. And uh, I remember when I first started to hear the word, she was like, she was like, what, what, what are you doing? What are you listening to these people for? I'm like, what am I listening to these people for? What are you listening to? So, um, but I found since I did came to Ballycullen, she does come to church with me. She is listening to it. She has done the Bible overview. She's done Explore. She's done Christianity Explore. And now she's going, ah. And she's, you know, she's connecting the dots now. And, you know. and she was here two days. And she was here two days. Yeah. <laughs> she's not there yet, but yeah, that's great. But, yeah, I yeah. think it could be open. Yeah. I was going to say, I, I think of a specific person in mind because I often connect over these large uh, topics like love and yeah. goodness and yeah. uh, rightness. And so I think kind of going into confrontation is like, well, what do you think love is? And what do you think is right? And a lot of times, I think with this person, uh, they would say that morality is subjective, you do you. I think uh, it's just great within the context of relationship to expose that. I don't think that's actually what you believe because there are things that you think are wrong and there's things that you think are right and so you do have morality and so I think that it's a connection but it's also a way to confront and expose yeah. Some of those books that were recommended, you know, Yesterday by Rebecca Beale or McLaughlin and, uh, and, and Glenn Scribner is a book, The Air We Breathe, Where Do All These Things That They're Believing Come From? It's surprising, you know, getting, again, trying to get them to stop and think, because they're actually searching. Uh, they're, uh, you know, the Barbie movie, is this group, what are we made for? Where, where are they searching for purpose and meaning? Uh, was there any, any other folks on, on, on Connect? Yeah? yeah I, I think that we, um, a lot of times, we overcome by the power of our testimony, and just living openly, and um, in both the, Pastor has an even more direct line. <laughs> 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 you know, like, the, I was talking about this to go back to the, the, you know, the traditional Catholics. I worked in a place with this woman, and um, she was uh, a single mom, and she was she really had gone all after God, and she after you know after a happy dinner in her youth, but her daughter hadn't left the house in ten years. She had um, she had some kind of phobia. She was twenty-one. And she, uh, she realized that I wasn't Catholic. She watched me when the angels would come on on the radio and see who I was, but she knew I had the faith. So um, one time she, she opened up and she told me about her daughter, and I was like, oh, you know, you can pray about that. And she goes, oh, I pray to Mary all the time. And I was like, you probably do better if you went straight to Jesus. That's what I do. And she said, I don't know how to pray to Jesus. Can you write me a prayer? So I was like, sure. So I went home and I got my dad to write a prayer because I was like, I don't know how to do that. And his, he wrote this whole amazing prayer about taking off the veil and all this. Within a week of her praying this, her daughter left the house for the first time in 10 years. And so it's those kind of things. And yeah, so I think it's those your testimony. They yeah. know that you pray. Uh, don't tell people when, I, when prayers don't get answered, but I yeah. Testimony story is actually very important with this group because they don't want to believe in objective truths and doctrines and everything. So personal story, testimony, you know, they'll not argue with it because that's you know true to you, but it might then connect. Yeah. Any confronting with that just to keep moving? How do we confront this group? I find a lot of um, these people are very much like, oh, pray and send good vibes and out to the universe and and um, like they'll say a lot of this for touch wood because they can be very superstitious still as well. And I think even pointing like pointing that out, I like, really believe that the universe is going to do something because you think a good thought. Like where does that come from? Do you think that the universe is a morality or you know, actually as you said, getting to stop and think of like that doesn't make sense and where does that come from? And, I think that can, can help kind of get conversation. Yeah. And a great way to get them to stop and think is 
to ask, aren't you so tired of chasing the wind? Because it's shifting sand, isn't it? Well, that didn't work, so I'm going to try this, I'm going to try that, and it's constantly sh shifting. Mm. I have four dear friends in this group, and they're into bonkers stuff, and I'm even in a WhatsApp group called The Course of Miracles, which drives me crazy, but I'm there to, <laughs> to connect. And, you know, they've all reached the stage, some of them at two in the morning have driven to my house, and they have just said, I need to know facts, I need to know truth, because they're, they're exhausted. From, from trying one thing and it doesn't work and trying another thing. Um, I think you can invite this group to church. Because yeah. they're open for anything. And invites are weird. We're so used to nobody ever coming to church. Because they're the traditional Catholic and they won't set foot in their church building, a Protestant building or whatever. You've had those friends come along to church because they've been invited. Maybe Actually, the Sunday morning that Camille did come, you sent me a text saying you were changing your sermon. And I was like, what? And it, uh, you changed it to the Ministry of Reconciliation. I believe that was really the Lord. And, and afterwards, I asked her, you know, what was one thing that struck you? And she said, I need to be reconciled to God. Mm -hmm. You know? And also, I think Tim Keller is a great... Uh, a great author to give to this group because he is so good at uh, conveying truths in a way that don't patronise anyone and um, kind of connect with where with where their thinking is at over exploring all these different realms of expressive religion. We'll go on to the last one, but I think with this group, just to point out, I think some of it, it, it does take time. We know it's hard, you, you know, doing this. And I think, but one of the things... Uh, I heard folks say that sometimes we can be in danger. We want to point them to Jesus and get them there. And yet, with these folks, if you say between 1 and 10, 10's coming to Christ, 1's that never heard anything like a foreign tribe. We sometimes do evangelism as if they're at 7, 8, or 9 and just need to hear this, this, this. These guys are far farther back. And it does seem to take longer. They're points 3, 4, 5. And, and, and it's just, it does seem to have, you know, just take time to work through the last one, uh, the, the folks who are just, it's all about your feelings, you have to be authentic to yourself, we've seen that expressed in sexual freedom, this uh, modern self, uh, how do we connect with this crowd and how do we confront, last sort of main discussion group, go. Are we supposed to be in the main hall? Our, our timetable says we're supposed to be in the main hall at 10 to 11. Is the next hall going to make a change? Did they move it out of it? They have a longing for, they're lonely. In fact, Ireland apparently is one of the biggest uh, loneliness categories of the service of Europe. Uh, they're longing for welcome, you know, and, and I think the church community is key. You know, they're, they're seeking satisfaction in many places and relationships. It's going to take time with, with them as well. Uh, 
but we can still point them to Jesus. I mean, anybody want to say anything about connecting and confronting? If you've got close connections with this group. Yeah. I, I, I actually, I think that the community is huge, isn't it? But I, I think we need to be really careful that we don't just say, our oh, church is brilliant, it's wonderful, I mean, God is doing amazing things. We need real humility. People need to know we are a bunch of messy people. Yeah. yeah. We are yeah. safe by grace. Yeah. So even as we speak about our church families, to be honest about, yeah. it's not all shiny and rosy. There are irritating people. That's part of being a Christian. That actually we're just honest about some of the mess. I think I put off my, my church is brilliant, we've got it all sorted. Yeah. 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 And not be afraid to, if we have um, a toddler group or something controlled by the church, not be afraid to just ask your friend, would they like to help out? And then they'd see, you know, the, the, how we approach the children, the love that's shared between us. And that we don't have horns and we're not scared people. Um, um, you know, I know we have the banners up in the church that maybe they just look at them and then when there's something on, just say, would you like to come to it? And they're not afraid to come in. I was afraid to go into a non-Catholic church in the beginning. And even though I was saved, I went out to the church that morning, you know, um, but I, I wouldn't go in. I couldn't put my foot over the door. I came back that evening, all right. But, you know, like people are afraid to come in, so you just bring them in, maybe as a helper with something. Don't be afraid of to ask. One of the connection points for every single category is church family. And just picking up on what Miriam shared about not saying, oh, we're perfect because we're far from perfect. It takes time, doesn't it, to have that deep connection and friendship and building one another up in love. And I know in Ireland, we want to reach out, but not at the expense of investing in your church family. Like what, what we've unpacked today, you can share that over a cup of coffee with someone else, encourage them, pray together, spend time together so we can build up that gospel connection and love with us to be that city on the hill, you know, to take the time to do that. Just to conclude, here's a few things to remember. You know, it can seem difficult, it is, but uh, we can have calm confidence. I just want to say, Acts 17, 26 to 27, and say, God made all people from one man, and he's determined where you're living, the exact dwelling places. God has placed you where you are in your network of people around you. He's sovereign. It's not a mistake. You don't need to stress. People are religious beings. Whatever group you're in, God knows where you're at, who you're with. And Rebecca Pippard said, when God is seeking a person, he will not allow my fear, my feeling of intimidation, or my lack of experience to prevent a person from finding him. We can be calm. God's sovereign. He has to do the work. Uh, but secondly, relationships are key. We've seen that. We're not to be a bomb shelter. We know that. Uh, Hospitality is key. We've seen that. So even you know, what could be classed as pre-evangelism, spending time with them, it's so important. Church family. Jesus himself said, by this all men will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. Well, I mean, it's the people who have, we, the guy who came to faith in our church just about three months ago from a Roman Catholic background. It's interesting. He, he did feel part of the church family first. Now, theologically, he did not belong before he believed. Uh, you have to believe before you belong to be part of the church. Clear in that. But... He felt, he said, well, I want to hang out with them. They're Christians. They should be nice. No, he, he felt that's what he said. Uh, and he's, he's there. Rico Tice says, it's a loving community of Christian brothers and sisters. And by being this, it gives credibility to the gospel. And if people are having to leave their community, whether that's the nominal Catholics or traditional Catholics, those in the LGB community, they need to see there is a community here that is loving as well uh, so we have as we heard it yesterday we're to be walking advertisements uh, so the church is key but then just to be clear it's all about God's word the gospel we still have to get it out there through studies let it confront as I say maybe well, and we're in a more biblically illiterate co country so I do think doing the sweeping story of the Bible and then your own stories uh, and bringing the the hope and purpose that we have 
But prayer is essential. Folks, it's, it's God who saves. He saves by His Spirit. You heard that from the, the Kilkenny story last night. And they were praying. I actually think, you know, that guy who did come to Christ uh, three months ago or so, he'd been in the church, connected with us doing studies for about four years. And then his mother, more traditional Catholic, had arranged for him to meet a former priest who's a th- priest, Roman Catholic theologian. And we we're like, oh, no, because she wanted to convince him to stay. So we we're all praying that this would That was the conversation, a two-hour conversation with that, theolog- that Roman Catholic theologian that tipped him over to become a true Christian because <laughs> he didn't have the answers. It, the guy was saying, you know, he said, can you be sure you can get to heaven? So it seems about, he says, that's, that's a difficult, you know, that's a difficult question <laughs> and that requires a more tricky answer. You're just like, but God used the, the priest theologian to convince us. It's prayer. God has drawn people in in different ways. We need to rely on him. Rico Tice says, witnessing is a long-term commitment to invest in a relationship, to pray tirelessly, and to speak the gospel over and over again, patiently and persistently. It's a journey of gospel conversations. It really takes effort. Let me pray. Patrick said, I pray to God to give me perseverance and to deign that I be a faithful witness to him to the end of my life for my God. Let's pray. Father, uh, we feel helpless. We, we don't get much traction. Thank you for the glimmers that we do. Thank you that you are saving souls. Even if it is just in the ones and twos, we long for more. We long for ultimately revival. Your spirit can do it. Uh, We pray for that. I pray that we'd all be equipped to have the concern to share Jesus uh, for the honor and glory of Jesus. Give us many opportunities in the weeks ahead. Draw people in in unusual ways uh, to the truth of Jesus. So we're dependent on you. Thank you for this time together. And may we be spurred on to go and make disciples of all nations, of a nation of Ireland. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.